Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back or welcome to Behind the Girl Boss. I'm your host Amanda and if you didn't know anything about me already, my name is Amanda. I'm a 22 year old content creator from Montreal, Canada. I currently go to school full time at Concordia University studying communication studies. I also do YouTube. I do this podcast. I have a Instagram blog. I also own two small businesses, one being an apparel company and one being a candle company. And I also do freelance video editing and podcast editing on the side. That's a little bit about me. Now this podcast behind the girl boss is literally behind the girl boss i love to talk to different women who are killing it in their like perspective like their respective fields like social media youtube business owning like whatever it may be i am loving learning about people's journeys how they got to where they are today where they see themselves in the future and just their real story and not just what like you think about them but like what like the truth behind their story and journey and it's been such a ride so far and i've had such amazing guests on the podcast and i'm just so excited to see what other guest I get in 2021. So before we jump into today's episode, I want to do our journal prompt for the week. So this week's journal prompt is, when did you experience joy this week? I feel like you're listening to this on a Monday, so you might wanna save this for any time during the week and just sit down and take 15, 20 minutes to just write about something that made you happy this week. Write about something that made you excited about this week. Write about something that made you really look forward to the future that you have. Like just write, sit down, and write about what made you happy. And I think it's gonna be a really good journal prompt. I think it's gonna really just leave some good positive vibes in your day. So that is this week's journal prompt. So today's episode, we have another guest and her name is Samantha Wallace. Samantha is a fitness coach and wellness influencer who is empowering women to live a happier and healthier life and feel their best so they can dominate, whether it be in business, their lives, or whatever it may be. Samantha and I sat down and we talked about her personal, emotional, and very inspiring story as to why she started her own fitness journey. And then we moved on into why she started coaching other people and we just spoke about the whole shebang like the whole wellness fitness everything about it and it was super inspiring to hear her story and she is such a gem she was so kind and so nice to talk to you and i really really appreciated our conversation and i really think you will too so if you're into learning more about how to do it in a good and healthy way and to hear someone else's story of how they took on their life and began their own wellness and health journey this episode is for you and keep on listening Hey everyone, what's up and welcome back to Behind the Girl Boss. So today we have yet another guest and we have Samantha with us. So hi, Samantha. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. Do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a online coach and personal trainer. I specialize in nutrition, uh, corrective rehabilitation, and personal training. I help men and women uh, build muscle, gain confidence, and ultimately get their dream bodies while creating lifestyle sustainability. Um, My coaching is all online, so I go wherever you go on your schedule. Um, We're giving you the foods that you love and the training that really allows you to tap into your uh, inner self. That's so cool. I'm so excited to dive into that and like learn more about it. Before we do start though, I like to do a little hot seat segment to kind of just break the ice and get everyone to know you a little bit more. So you can answer whatever comes to mind first. The first one is, what are three words you could use to describe yourself? Ooh, I love this question and it's always the hardest one to answer. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I would definitely say um, resilience uh, would be my first one. I really, really, really think that um, resiliency really is the backbone to owning your own business and also showing up to your niche as your fullest self. We all have wise and different reasons that allow us to mold into who we are. And as we age, we discover that more about ourselves. The second one would be empathy. I think it's really important to empathize with others that are on similar journeys as you. I think that everyone has their own definition of trauma that they've experienced. And I think that's a lot of why most of us are drawn into the fitness space or fitness community. And the last one is compassion. I know empathy fall or compassion falls hand in hand with empathy, but being compassionate for other people and really having their best interests at heart when it comes to health and fitness and even just humanity. Yeah, I love that answer. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
The next one is, what is a skill you wish you had? Oh man, um, I think a skill that I wish I had was the ability to slow down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yes. know that's kind of an odd one, but I'm a very go, go, go person. And so I find myself having increased anxiety when I do have more downtime because I'm always forward thinking and working towards the next accomplishment or goal. Um, I always have many projects going on. So time management is my best friend. And <laughs> if I have too much downtime or give myself too much time off, I, my mind starts to wander. So I, mm-hmm. I think that that would be my <laughs> superpower. No, that's a really good answer. Like no one's actually ever answered that. I usually get there like, I wish I could sing, but that's a really smart one. I never actually thought of that. Cause I feel like a lot of people are also in the same position as you, where they do so much that when they're not doing anything, they think like, oh, I should be doing something. Right. It And it almost creates this like paralyzing effect where yes. we have so many outside factors and so many things going on at one time that we really do end up becoming paralyzed. And mm-hmm. it can be really toxic in our personal lives, but it can also be um, very growth filled in our, our businesses, no matter whether that's your career, if it's school, if it's um, relationships or, you know, starting your own business. Um, I think it's really important to just take time and manage time for honoring you. Yes. A hundred percent. Um, and the last one is if you could meet one celebrity, who would you want it to be? Oh my goodness. Um, (laughs) there's so many, I think if I could meet one celebrity, I want to meet Joe Rogan. I just want to sit down and have just a really intellectual conversation with him. And especially because he's so unbiased in Mm -hmm. any conversation that he has, and no matter who he's talking to, he just comes to the table so open-minded, but also is a great conversationalist in terms of helping you expand your mind and really learning and growing as an individual. So I would probably say him or Andy Frisella, who is the owner of First Form. If I could get into a room with Andy Frisella, man, I think that I can move some (laughs) serious ground in my life. I think anybody could. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Um, So now basically I sectioned off the podcast into sections. Um, The first part, we're going to start talking about your own fitness journey, then go into your health and wellness coach journey, following with your Instagram journey, and then some Instagram questions that I got from people on Instagram. Um, So to start off, when did you start your own personal fitness journey and what led you to this? So this is, it's kind of a long answer. So I'll try to cliff note it (laughs) as best as I can. Just to give a little bit about my background, Growing up, I was a competitive dancer. I did studio Mm -hmm. dance. And anybody who is familiar with a studio dance space, you eat, sleep, live, breathe the studio. And competing and traveling, it's kind of comparable to um, like travel league softball or competitive sports, except there's a lot more rhinestones, blitz, and glamour. Mm-hmm. So being in the dance world and coming from that space, um, we're also challenged with a lot of uh, body dysmorphia and um, like physical appearance. And this really started to wear on me. And I was going through a lot of personal issues at home. Uh, my parents were divorced and it was a very toxic situation for my brother and I. And so trying to navigate the imbalance at home life, you know, everything that I was experiencing with, you know, competitive dance and being a teenager and, you know, just trying to find who I was in life. um, I really started to struggle with um, eating disorders. And for me, I had no control over all the outside factors in my life, but my body was one of the things that I found I did have control over. So I'm, I'm five foot, I'm really little, and I've always been very petite. But for me being in the dance space, I was always surrounded by these tall, lean, beautiful women. And then here I was this short, you know, muscular, little person. And so wearing leotards and having to wear tights and be in these two piece outfits, it was just I just never felt comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm. So my idea of health and fitness was this image of, I just need to be thin. I don't care how I get there. I don't care what that takes or what it looks like. I just want to be so thin. And this really started to derail me emotionally and physically. I mean, my smallest, I think I was 86 pounds at 17. 
And I, you know, eventually fell into like some substance abuse. For me, I was battling, um, you know, substance abuse with um, drinking and partying. And I was just wanted to be a teenager. I just Mm -hmm. didn't want to live studio dance life anymore. I didn't want to be home. I I didn't really know who I was and what my place in the world was. I was just super lost. So when I graduated high school and was getting ready to go to college, um, I felt this emptiness of what is my life without dance? Who am I without a competitive side or something keeping me active? And how am I going to manage my weight? What if I stop dancing and I put on 50 pounds and I can't wear a bathing suit or I can't wear my favorite clothes? Like, as a teenager and as a young woman, that's terrifying. Yeah. I was really trying to just navigate who I was. I grew up with this idea and this perception that you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a career, you get a job, you have to you know, get married and you have kids and that's what life was. But for me, I knew that that was never my path. I never wanted to do that. School was never my thing. I was good at it. I was, I got good grades. I was you know, in AP classes, but I struggled Mm -hmm. and it wasn't something that ever interested me, but I wanted to be a doctor. (laughs) So I I had this internal battle that, you know, is this really something that I want to pursue? When I graduated high school, I took a year off of college and I decided to get a job and uh, a different job and continue working and save up some money and pay my way through school and find what I was passionate about in the meantime. Well, I fell into fitness. I fell into bodybuilding through a friend of mine. And she said, you know, Sam, you should really look into the NPC and bodybuilding. And when I saw bodybuilding or thought of it, I thought of traditional bodybuilders are super muscular and just these like manly looking women, no disrespect to anyone, but that's what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And she goes, no, you should look into the bikini division. It's like a fitness model type look and it's right up your alley. You would do really well in it. Just go to a show and see if you like it. I was like, all right, fine. So I went to a show and I immediately fell in love. I was like, this is the perfect balance between athleticism, the physique that I want, and also getting the glitz and glam of dance, right? I started going to the gym. I had no idea what I was doing. YouTube wasn't a thing at that time. You couldn't just look up your favorite influencer Mm -hmm. and follow a workout. Um, So I would just go in there mindlessly. And I met my coach um, who was getting ready to branch out into his own personal training. He was like, Sam, just come over, come do a couple sessions, see if you like it. If you do, great. We'll just continue working together and we'll work it out. I'm broke. I'm like 18 years old. I can't afford a trainer, you know? So I'm like, okay, I save up as much as I can. I start working with him and I end up falling in love with fitness. And I started competing. I placed second in my first show. And that for me was like the driving force of like, no, I know I can earn first place. I, I want to get into another show. I want to win. And I ended up competing a few months later and winning my first overall, my a first place in open, a first place in novice, went on to do nationals, got destroyed, went through a massive uh, appendectomy and reproductive organ reconstruction diagnosed with endometriosis. It was kicked in and I was like, no, I, I know that if I'm struggling this bad in my recovery from this surgery, that there are other people going through similar things. And that's mm-hmm. when the empathy kicked in. And I decided to get certified and I was like, I want to help people. And that's where the compassion came. So those are why those are my three favorite words. I began training for another show. Um, I ended up competing six months post-op and sweeping another show. I got another overall first place in open, first place in novice. I continued to work, went to nationals the following year and ended up not getting first call outs. I actually didn't even place. And I went through some more medical stuff coming out of that show. Um, If you're thinking about getting into bodybuilding, um, make sure your health is prioritized first. Don't chase a trophy. But during that experience, I just had this confliction and I was like, I, I know that I want to help people. I'm going to school to be a doctor, but school isn't fulfilling me. And I know that I'm strong in the fitness space and I want to be able to help people on a greater level. So I started coaching with Orange Theory and coaching with Orange Theory was an awesome experience for getting, um, industry experience and being able to coach in a group setting and just learning so much from others in the industry and really getting to connect with my community. But I still felt really lost. I wasn't making money and I had to continue serving and bartending to pay my bills. And I just fell into this deeper hole of who am I? What do I want to do? Am I going anywhere in my life? And I put this timestamp on myself that 
you know, I'm, I'm 23, I'm 23. I'm not, I'm not moving fast enough and I should mm-hmm. be making this kind of money or I should be graduating college and, you know, starting my career. And I, I didn't do that. So I had a lot of remorse. And then I started working a second job and around uh, 20, summer of 2019. And I was working two jobs, 70 hours a week, just burnt out. I had no time for myself. And then October of 2019, um, my family experienced three deaths in the span of five weeks. And when you go through grief, it really opens your eyes to how precious life is. And it gets us yeah. thinking about what impact we want to leave. What's our legacy? What is our purpose for our time here? And am I showcasing that? Am I giving that back to my fullest potential? And my answer was no. And I woke up every morning crying. I woke up every morning depressed. I woke up every morning asking myself the same question over and over and over again until I finally hit my wall. And I was like, enough is enough. So I quit my nine to five. I hired a business coach. I was like, this is it. I'm going to start my six month goal and I am going to start my own business. I am going to be a coach in the health and fitness space. This is what I, I meant to do. I can feel it. It's my calling. I'm going to bartend to make my money. I make great money doing it. And a month after quitting my job, my nine to five, we got hit with the pandemic and my entire industry was shattered and shut down. It was at that point that it was like, oh my gosh, now I don't have an income. I don't have a job. I'm starting a business. I'm 25 years old. What am I doing? This was the biggest mistake I've ever made. And then I thought to myself and I talked to my business coach and I was like, no, this is, this is our space to show up. Like this is our time to really do great. Like people are at home right now. They need us. And that was that. And my six month goal was put into action in 72 hours and I've never looked back and it was the best decision I ever made. I love that. (laughs) Such a good answer. And like, it's so cool to like, I felt like I was actually like when you were talking about it, like in your kind of like, it was like a storytelling moment and I loved it. Um, So there's like a big negative stigma around diet culture. How do you personally feel about that? I definitely agree that it is negative if used in the wrong space. Mm -hmm. So the biggest misconception that people have regarding nutrition is, well, if I just make healthier choices, I'm going to lose weight. And that's, that's not true at all. (laughs) The only way that you can lose weight is by being in a caloric deficit. And it doesn't matter if you're keto, it doesn't matter if you're carb cycling, it doesn't matter if you're vegan, if you are pescatarian, um, it, it doesn't matter. At the base of nutrition, you have to be in a caloric deficit to lose weight. You have to be in a caloric surplus to put on weight mm-hmm. and to moderate um, and maintain, you have to be in a maintenance calorie range. But this is where it gets a little confusing. So I'll try to like break this down as simplistic as possible. Um, so with calories, most generally most people chase calories, no matter what diet they're, they're following yeah. intermittent fasting, keto, again, it, it, it doesn't matter. This is calories and macros are the base of every single diet. So our calories determine if we're going to lose weight, if we're going to gain weight or maintain, but our macros, our carbs, our proteins, and our fats, we all have specific numbers that are tailored to our bodies. So my macros will never look the same as yours. Your look the same as mine. We're just two different people. It's, it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what our macros are, our macros are the foods that make up our total calories. So it's, it's just a more in-depth version of calorie counting, um, but we're actually learning the process of where those calories are coming from. So if you're following a keto diet, you would have a higher amount of fat, really low carbs, and then a moderate or higher amount of protein, depending on your goal. If you're intermittent fasting, the idea behind intermittent fasting is that you have like for some people, it would be a 16 hour fasting window where they don't eat and then they eat within an eight hour window and then cut it at eight hours. Now our macros and our calories don't go away. We're just taking our distribution of when we're putting those foods into our body, just into a condensed eight hour period of time, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. So this fad about diet culture drives me insane because diets are setting yourself up for failure. 
And if you want to achieve long-term success, you have to eat in ways that complement your lifestyle. And that's why I like to focus on an 80-20 rule, where 80% of our foods from the week come from whole nutritious sources. A great example of this is foods without a nutrition label. Is it realistic to eat like this all the time? No. But if you have a routine schedule and you're not traveling a lot and you you know, go to work, you come home, you have the ability to do it. It's just a matter of prioritizing that in your week. Yeah. And the other 20% coming from indulgence. So this 20% would be like going out to dinner with the girls and you're going to get sushi and you're going to have a cocktail. Like that's your 20%. It's not eat clean Monday through Friday to get into the weekends to just have a full blown cheat day. You're negating everything you've just done. Mm -hmm. Right. So people are drawn to fad diets because it's like a shiny object. It's the quick fix. It's the diet pills. It's, it's the magic. It's the Brazilian butt lifts. It's these things that are going to give us instant results and instant gratification, but that's not true at all. It couldn't be even further from the truth. If you don't do your research and you don't find something that complements you or something that you enjoy, you are constantly going to cycle on that hamster wheel and you are not going to be successful in creating long-term sustainability. And if you're going to fall into eating healthy, make a lifestyle of it, make a lifestyle out of it and project your long-term goals. Yeah. Losing 20 pounds is great, but what are you going to do after you lose that 20 pounds? Yeah. Cause if you don't have a game plan for after that, you're just going to put it right back on and end up back at square one. 100%. So they're not sustainable. <laughs> no, I, f I completely feel that. Um, when I was younger, I used to like I wanted to like be skinny and like all these things. So I would look up all these diets and they just seemed like so unrealistic and like not, they like didn't look towards the long-term goals. Right. And it's, I feel like when you start researching nutrition in general, there's just so many, there's just so many things out there and just so many contradicting beliefs. And I mean, at the end of the day, calories are calories, <laughs> yeah. macros are macros. And no matter what you're following, though the macros and the calories are the center base of that. And I think that when people start researching diet culture or start falling into the trap of diet culture, they end up coming out more confused and frustrated than when they started. And then eventually yeah. you cycle through 50 different diets, none of them work, or they give you short-term success. And then you put the weight back on and then you're more frustrated than when you started. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what's the point of even doing this if I can't keep it off? Yeah, no, 100%. So what has been your own biggest motivators towards your own fitness and wellness goals? So for me, this is a little, it's, it comes in seasons. And for me, fitness is very seasonal mm -hmm. at where I'm at in my life. Um, for a long time, fitness for me was healing. I think it's always been healing at the base of it. Just anything in life, you know, whether it's going to just let out aggression, it's my one time in the day that I get to just fully focus on myself and yeah. let out everything that I'm feeling. And when you make that emotional connection to fitness, that's when it becomes a lifestyle. And you can't look at it as, oh, I'm just going to work out because I want to lose weight or I want to be skinny. You have to make that emotional connection to yeah. it. Why is this a part of your day? What joy is this bringing you? What value is this bringing you? So it, it used to be competition-based and it was always results-driven because I was in the bodybuilding industry and that's what you know competing is. It's all about a physical appearance and it's a very shallow sport. Mm -hmm. um, but over time, as I shifted out of bodybuilding, I felt really lost. I was like, who am I without competing? Who am I without dance? Yeah. Who am I now? And I had to learn how to fall in love with fitness just for the sake of fitness. And I really struggled with that. I really, really struggled with it for a long time until I started asking myself those questions of why, do you, why did you start fitness to begin with? And I realized it's a healing journey. I did this to heal myself. And then I started taking relevant situations in my life and applying that to my fitness and creating this mental headspace that ultimately kept me grounded and kept me sane. So now I don't work out to necessarily have a physical appearance. I work out because I genuinely need it in my day to day because it brings me joy. It manages my anxiety. It makes me happy. I love getting a good sweat. I love endorphins. I love just being in a gym. It's just my favorite, mm -hmm. but I always find a way to get moving during my day. And for me, that's how I honor myself. I love that. What are your own personal favorite workouts to do? Um, this varies, but I would say my favorite 
type of training is it's called hypertrophy. And this is really common in bodybuilding atmospheres, but this is a style of training that allows you to build muscle while maintaining an aesthetic appearance. Um, so I, to kind of break that down into more simplistic terms, it's like an eight to 12 rep range for four to five sets. Um, I like to superset my, my workouts. So I'm just getting in and out of the gym. I love convenience, mm -hmm. but also focusing on time under tension. So you know, focusing on slow and controlled movements, muscle contractions. Um, I do love to lift heavy. I am a, I'm a big, big, big soft, softy for that. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's ultimately what my favorite style of training is. Um, I know other people love hit style. I don't, I don't really like cardio. I like steady state, just minimal as much as possible. I'd rather follow my nutrition to a T to avoid cardio, but I try to, I try to incorporate in at least 20 minutes of walking a day. Awesome. So moving on to your health and wellness coaching journey, um, you touched upon this already a bit, but do you want to like touch upon again or like restate, like what made you want to start your own entrepreneurship journey? Yeah. Um, so starting my entrepreneur journey was one of the scariest decisions I ever made for myself, because mm -hmm. when you start working for yourself, you're in charge of all of your money. Yeah. There is no safety blanket that, Oh, I'll just pick up a couple more hours. It's like, no, if you, if you don't market yourself, if you don't um, talk about your program, if you don't get loud about your business, you don't make money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that that was ultimately the scariest thing for me, but in turn, it was one of the greatest decisions I ever made because I think what we all strive for in life is we all want financial stability. We all want the ability to travel. We want to be able to wake up on our schedules, create our own schedules, take a day off when we want to, and ultimately just create the life that we want. Yeah. Um, for me, it's never really been materialistic. It's been driven by just wanting to help people feel their best. I see too many people coming into this industry just chasing money. And those are the people that stay broke <laughs> yeah, because they don't have their client's best interest at heart. There's a reason why people stay with me. And that's because I develop a friendship with them. And I always want them to know that they're supported, they're loved, they're cared about, um, but they're also pushed. And I call people out on their bullshit. <laughs> so if you're not showing up and you're not doing what you say you're going to do, I'm going to call you out on it. <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to go about it though. Cause like for myself, if I had like if I do things by myself, sometimes I'll slack and I like I won't care. But if I have someone like pushing me and like motivating me and like calling me out when I'm not doing as much or as well as I could, I think that would motivate me even more. Right. And it's so important. Like anytime you start working with a coach or hiring anyone in general, you have to trust that person. Mm -hmm. Because at the base of it, we hire a coach because we don't trust ourselves and get job done, right? And we need that accountability. And if you can't be honest or trusting in the person that you're working with, then you, you probably shouldn't be working with them. Mm -hmm. My goal with my clients is that I always want them to know that they're supported and in a safe atmosphere and they can come to me for anything. They can come to me for anything and everything. I don't care if it's two o'clock in the morning. I don't care if it's, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon and they're just having a hard day. Like that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. to support them and help empower them and make them feel encouraged so that they can build integrity with themselves to follow through. So that's a big purport, uh, proponent of that. Mm -hmm. And it's inspiring. I mean, the whole reason why I started my business again was to help people. And yeah. when they achieve, I mean, it's not even just about weight loss. I work with a lot of um, body recomposition girls. So girls that need to fix their metabolism, they need to fix their hormones. They want to put on muscle. Their initial goal isn't necessarily to lose weight, but when they hit milestones and they accomplish things, they didn't think they were capable. It's, it's kind of like our success, you know, it's yeah. like our win. And more times than not, and you can ask any one of my clients, I am more excited for their goals than they are. So like, and whether that's fitness related or if it's just them gaining control over their businesses or their personal life, um, fitness really does give you the confidence across every aspect of your life. It's just such a big victory and you have to be happy for people accomplishing those goals. Like 
I just don't understand how people can't be excited for others. You know, like that genuine happiness of just, I'm screaming for you because Mm -hmm. I am like so hyped. That's what fitness is all about. So yeah, that's like the biggest drive in my business is just showing up for other men and women so that they can show up fully for themselves. I love that. So to be able to become like a health and wellness coach, do you have to take any courses? Do you have to get a certification or anything like that? Yes. So if anybody is looking to start their journey into coaching, definitely do your research and definitely make sure that you are specializing in areas for the people that you want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you always want to make sure that you have a certification in personal training. If you are going to be doing nutrition, you need to get certified in nutrition. It is very dangerous to coach people if you have no idea what you're doing with nutrition. You will cause metabolic damage. You will cause adrenal fatigue. You will ruin someone's health. I mean, literally ruin it. I, I work with people that come to me from coach with coach or sorry, that come to me from coaches that didn't know what they were doing and will crash diet them just to get 30 pounds off of them. And, you know, under six weeks Mm -hmm. and it is devastating the repercussions that these people have to experience. I mean, shoot, I, I went through my own Mm -hmm. and I know firsthand how dangerous that is. So your goal as a coach is to educate your clients. Your goal as a coach is to protect their health. And if you are not qualified to help somebody, you should not be taking them on and you should be referring them to a specialist that can help them. Also understanding that getting certified in nutrition is a lot different than becoming a registered dietitian. So making sure that you understand the difference between the two and how you can properly coach and educate and when to refer out to um, a registered dietitian is important. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important to expand your certifications and always continue educating yourself and learning through different uh, certification schools. I, I definitely believe that if we want to show up as the, you know, a leading force in our industry, then we have to be open to science and we have to be open to transitioning with science over the years. So don't ever be afraid to invest because your investment is you gaining more knowledge and being able to show up more confidently for yourself and your clients and ultimately protect them. Yeah, I 100% agree. So what exactly do you offer as a health and wellness coach? Um, Do you have packages, single services? How does it look like? Yeah, so it really, like I said before, it isn't a one size fits all. Um, It is very custom, especially when it comes to the nutrition aspect. So I offer a variety of different programs. My staple right now um, that I'm really marketing and pushing for is my new 16-week bikini body transformation program. So this is a four-month program that allows women to connect with other women going through similar or the same struggles. It allows them to um, get the competitive side of training. Like I think a lot of people want the bikini body physique, but they don't necessarily want to compete. So I've taken that training and condensed it into a lifestyle program. So you're getting the training that you would do if you were prepping for a show without the strings attached of like what a show prep entails. Custom nutrition, um, completely calibrated to them. They get eight templates a month. Um, And then the education to transition into macros and regain flexibility over their um, food choices. And then I also have a habit reformation workbook. Um, So not only are we focusing on the physical transformation, but if you don't take care of the mental journey, you will not find sustainability long-term, which is so important. We have to heal our inner selves in order to fix our outer selves. Um, So we have an interactive uh, 16-week workbook uh, for habit reformation, helping women gain confidence in their body image, uh, relationships with food, time management, um, diet of joy. We do exercises that teach them to give back to others in their community and doing small acts of kindness, and also taking responsibility and accountability for what they're doing wrong right now, right? Like recognizing their, ultimately recognizing their flaws so that they can formulate a solution and apply action to Mm -hmm. 
stop themselves from cycling on this hamster wheel that they're so desperate to get off of. It's like the permanent lifestyle solution for health and fitness. Um, that is, it's basically foolproof. I also offer uh, just nutrition only programs. I offer one-on-one coaching programs. Um, those will branch out from anywhere from four months to a full year package. Okay. So if anybody's wanting to um, or interested in in coaching, they can head over to my website, uh, samwellisfitness.com and fill out a free application, schedule a free discovery call. And we can take the time to really go over your goals and what you're looking to accomplish and figure out how we're going to work as a team to accomplish that together. Love that. So how do you go about advertising your services? Because I saw that you have over 100 success stories, which is amazing. How are you like able to get that many people to take your program? So it was not easy at first. I was doing a lot of cold DMs, reaching out to people, friends, family, anybody I knew, just looking for an opportunity to help in any way that I could. And then once that happened and people started seeing the value in it, referral processes started coming in, transformations. Um, I started getting transformations, so I was able to post them on my Instagram um, and really just not even market my clients, but just show people what they're capable of. And Mm -hmm how anybody can achieve this if they're willing to, one, be coachable, two, ditch all of their excuses, and three, put their heads down and work. Um, One of the staples of my program and how I authenticate my coaching is I will give you every single tool that you need to accomplish your goal, but I'm not going to carry you up the mountain. I'm not going to do the work for you. You have to be willing to show up and put in the work. And this looks different for everyone. Some people come into this program with a physical goal, and then they end up finding that, hey, my goal wasn't physical. It was actually a mental journey I had to find within myself. And then we end up focusing on the physical goal at a later time. For other people, they have the mental side figured out. They're just looking for a push. They're looking for a challenge. And that's great. This journey is just so subjective to each person and it has to be individualized for each person, um, which is why I never just sell my packages. I never sell pricing on my website because your goals are going to differ from mine. Mm -hmm. My goals are going to differ from you and the process of getting there is going to be completely different. Um, So we have to formulate how we're going to work together as a team, what you like, how we need to make this program fit seamlessly into your lifestyle. And then also if I can even help you in your goals. So yeah, that's why it's really important to research, always interview your coach, always ask questions that you don't um, know the answer to and show up authentically yourself. Um, So that's, that's what I try to keep across my social media is just honest, raw transparency. Mm -hmm. When people are on my page, they know exactly what they're getting. They know exactly what I do. I talk to them daily. Um, They always have a safe place to come into my direct messages and just chat or, you know, have a shoulder to lean on. I just want people to show up as themselves and just know that they're capable. You're worth it. Yes. Love that. So going off of that, when did you start Um, your finished Instagram account and what made you want to start posting this type of journey online? So I started my Instagram account back in 2012, like 2013, Mm -hmm. when Instagram just started like (laughs) way back. So what really like influencers and all of that stuff wasn't a thing. It was just a new platform, platform. you know, kind of how Vine was Um, (laughs) something like or musically or anything like that. Instagram was new. So when I got onto Instagram, I was still in high school and I don't know, I would just post like random things with my friends. And then I graduated and I got into um, fitness and I was like, well, I'm just going to start sharing my transformation story on here. And like, hopefully it'll inspire at least one person along the way to start theirs. And Mm -hmm. I got into competing and around that time, competing was just starting to take off. Um, It wasn't super popular. So I kind of got into that, that space a little early on, but I never really monetized my social media. I just did it as a, like a personal journey and like a personal blog. And then just kind of grew from there. I started getting into a lot of modeling opportunities and just working with different brands and and sponsorships. And yeah, so it kind of grew. And then I took about a year off of social media, a year and a half, because I just felt like it had become such a toxic space for me. I felt like I was getting on there and everything was just a comparison mode. (laughs) Like, yeah, oh, why don't I look like that? Or why why is this person more successful? Why does this person Mm -hmm. have more followers? And it was like, why am I allowing numbers to 
justify who I am in the world. Like it was just, it was so obnoxious and I just needed to separate myself from it and just say, Hey, like I need to figure out who I am without social media and what my purpose is without Instagram. Cause like what's going to happen if Instagram shuts down tomorrow, right? Like what are all these people going to do? So then once I felt like I was in a better headspace, I slowly started coming back on and yeah, kind of just growing and partnering with different brands and getting back into influencing and really taking my Instagram into a personal slash business account. So Mm -hmm. you still see a lot of my personal journey. Um, I'm a lot more vulnerable on there. I'm opening up about a lot of hardships and experiences that I've been through because I feel like people don't talk about it enough. And the whole point of social media is to connect with other people. And I've found that the more raw and authentic I am in that space and the more myself I am, the more my following grows and the more I connect with others and the more my business grows and the more I'm able to help people. And that's what social media should be used for. It should be used for education and help and connecting. I just always want my page to remain a safe space and a place for people to come and just take what you will, leave the rest at the door and just know that you are welcome for who you are. You don't have to pretend to be anybody on my page. No, I love that. And I think it's true. Like people, especially last year, I feel like is the year that everyone was being more like raw and vulnerable and like honest with like their viewers and audience and everything. And I think that's what a lot of people that aren't influencers look for. They want like the relatability. They want to be able to connect with someone in ways. So I feel like that's really important. But did it ever like scare you to share such a vulnerable journey on the internet? To be honest, no. I think for me, if it's personal, I'm kind of like giving people a glimpse into what would have been like my diary, you know? Mm -hmm, Yeah. I am very cautious to talk about like relationships or how those outside factors have impacted me because I never want to make somebody else feel bad or put negativity out there about other people, right? And I think that we all have different relationships, like not just like romantically, but just in general, like all relationships come into our lives to teach us some sort of lesson, whether it's you know, the people that we want to be surrounded with, the people that we we don't want in our lives, the people that teach us a lesson of who we want to be and who we don't want to be and push us to the next level. It's, if you really sit down and think about it, every relationship impacts us in some small or big way. But again, my page is very personal and I want to keep it that way to, yeah. I guess I don't, I just, I never want to speak for somebody else or put words in somebody else's mouth, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I feel that. So talking about your Instagram, how were you able to grow your account to 11,000 followers, which is a crazy amount? Thanks. I feel like it's so microscopic compared <laughs> to like the majority of people. I don't even look at myself as a micro influencer or anything like that. And I'm just another person. Like I'm literally just like you. And I think that that's the most important part is just showing up raw and authentic. Like I'm very inconsistent with social media. I know that That's awful to say, especially when you're growing a brand and a business. But when I show up to my social media, it's never because I am showing up in a fake space. Like when Mm -hmm. I post, I want it to be from my heart. And I want to post when I feel that. I want to post when I know that it's going to bring others value. Um, Of course, there's some things that you do have to like schedule out and when you're working with brands. So yeah, sometimes I do have to like content batch or content load. Um, so like for my workouts, like I'll take one day a month and I'll time block that out and then film all of my workouts and just change outfits. So I have a lot more efficiency to focus on my business. But as far as like captions, the only time I post those is when I like am really in my feels, you know, Mm -hmm. cause I hate when you get on social media and you're scrolling and you're just like, Oh, like this is just so scripted. Or this is just like, so inauthentic. Like it just is a hot button for me. And if you want to grow your following, you have to be real and you have to be genuine in who you are. And coming from an analytics standpoint, which does tie into that vulnerability, the more saves and the more shares you get, the more you're going to share your, like grow your audience. And when I approach my social media, I'm a lot more on the modest and conservative side. Like I'm not in like, my underwear or my bathing suit or like doing nothing but like booty shots or I don't really bring a sex appeal to my page if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. No, yeah. Um, Yeah. And 
it's just not, it's just not who I am. So I'm not going to show up like that. I like to look at my social media as if I was going home with like, if I was going home with my boyfriend to meet his family, like, and I had to explain to them what I do for work, what is something that they would be like proud of, or what is something that my family would be proud of? Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, like I have fallen into that trap, especially when I was competing, where I was posting like a lot more like risque things, not nothing like super sexualized, but it was definitely showing a lot more skin and I just never felt good about it. Mm-hmm. And it just got me clickbait from the wrong people. And I was like, oh, this post gets 500 likes or a thousand likes, but like I post something opening up and it's a selfie and I'm only getting like a hundred likes. And then when I started running my business, I was like, well, likes don't bring me money. Like my message brings me money. And that was a hard, like that was really hard to break away from was, hey, likes don't justify your worth. They don't justify your value. Like saves and shares are making an impact. So focus on that and just be who you are. Like you just have to be who you are. Yes. No, I 100% agree with that. So with your Instagram account, you were able to work with big brands such as FabFitFun, Jed North, and much more. How did you go about working with them? So funny story about Jed North, they actually reached out to me a couple years ago and I, they were, it was right when Jed North was starting to get big. Um, They were a newer company and they are uh, based out of Canada. So I think that they were really looking to expand into um, US territory and US markets. I was never like formally like paid with Jed North, but they would do like an athlete credit every month as a sponsorship return for posting. So like they would send me like X amount of like credit store credit to buy whatever outfits I wanted. And then I in turn would just do like posts for them. But this is kind of before into like actual influencing, like getting paid to post or mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm getting free clothes from a big company. And so yeah, it was fun. I, I still have nothing but Judd North workout clothes. I think I own more workout clothes than I do normal (laughs) ones, but I'm not really materialistic. So I don't really invest my money into like, I don't know, just miscellaneous things. Um, so that's why you always see me in Jen North, (laughs) (laughs) but it was an awesome experience and it opened the door for a lot of others. Um, I just recently influenced for do you even, and I'm getting ready to collab with them on new collection releases. Um, so clothing is really fun. I also, um, Influence for FabFitFun recently, and I feel like getting the opportunity to influence for FabFitFun is like every influencer's dream because they work with such big celebrities yes. that if you kind of get into that niche it, or get into that space with them, it's like, it's not like putting a tally on the board. It's just, it's just like really exciting because they're such a big brand and they're so strong in female empowerment. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if most people know this, but if you if you're not familiar with FabFitFun, it's a monthly subscription box and um, or sorry quarterly subscription box and they you get like fun things every quarter and it's always different like you'll get mugs or a blanket or slippers and face masks and jewelry and it's just so cool but they source female entrepreneur owned businesses so every single item for the most part is coming from a female owned business. And I just think that that's such a cool statement to be a part of and helping empower females. Yeah. So that was, that was a really great opportunity and nothing, nothing much really came from it. Um, I got a free box and then like a ambassador, like commission thing off of it, but it was just being able to stand behind that brand and, um, work with them was really fun. And I never back brands that I personally wouldn't recommend to my friends or family or use myself. I turn down a lot of brands all the time because I'm like, I just can't back it. I can't, I can't represent that. I, I don't believe in it. You know? Yeah, no, I think it's better that way because some people take on every single thing that comes their way. And that kind if like, that kind of makes them like, unauthentic in a way because if you wouldn't use it yourself why are you promoting it to other people right and it just loses trust factor Mm -hmm. like if people just see you posting about brands all the time like different brands all the time like one it's confusing two it is inauthentic it's like oh you're only posting this because you're getting paid to post this yeah well yeah okay there is some truth behind that like some brands you do get paid to work with but for those brands it's like no I you don't understand. Like I actually like use this product. Like 
I just did um, a campaign with Blue Blocks. They're blue light blocking glasses. And I did not post about them for the first 30 days because I was like, I actually want to use their product and see if, you know, spending $100 on blue light blocking glasses is worth it or if you should just go to Amazon and order a $10 pair. Yeah. And then I actually like gave their product a real shot and I was like, no, these are, these don't even compare. Like these are so much better. And Mm -hmm it's just kind of like the little things like that, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I feel that. So the last part of my podcast, I asked people on Instagram to ask you questions and I got a few. So I chose my favorite ones. So the first one is what's your favorite part about being a fitness and wellness coach? So my favorite part about being a health and wellness coach is having the ability to make an impact in a positive way in different people's lives. And like I touched on earlier, everybody's fitness journey is so different and so unique. And we're all brought to this space um, for different reasons and a different purpose. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to be a small part of their big journey is just so rewarding because that losing that 10 pounds for some people, it's not, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Like, no, maybe that 10 pounds means that person taking their shirt off at the pool for the first time in their life. Yeah. Like maybe helping somebody create a better relationship with food. Maybe that's that person being able to eat constantly in front of somebody, or maybe it's right. That's what matters in fitness is how it impacts our lives. Yeah. And it's so special to be a part of that. Um, and the last question is how can a person restart their fitness and wellness journey after being away from it for so long? So again, you should never be restarting a fitness journey. I mean, obviously like small things happen in our lives, but if Mm -hmm. you really want to create sustainability, you have to commit to a lifestyle of health and fitness. Yes. So what does that look like for you? And it it looks so different for everyone. Maybe fitness is for some people is I'm going to go to yoga three times a week because it's healthy, it's active, but it's what I like to do. Mm -hmm. And then that's like the extent of their fitness. You know, for other people like myself, no, I'm, I'm going to the gym six days a week because for my hour, because that's my me time. Yeah. And I'm choosing to eat whole nutritious foods because I honor my body and I respect my body that I, I want to treat it right. So if you are always chasing short-term goals, you are always going to have short-term success and you are always going to cycle on that, ha- that hamster wheel you have to look at longevity. What do you want your life to look like and how is health and fitness going to complement that? Awesome. Love that. Um, So that is basically all I had for you today. So thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. Before you go, do you want to end off with shouting out any socials or links that you want people to go check out? So if anybody um, wants to connect or um, has interest in coaching or just hearing a little bit more about my programs, or if you just want free workouts and free nutrition advice and just to come hang out with me, you can follow me on Instagram at Sam Wallace Fit. I'm also new to the TikTok game. So <laughs> if you want to um, follow me on TikTok, it's the same thing, Sam Wallace Fit. And then my Instagram or my website is samwallacefitness.com. Um, so you can head over there and subscribe to my email list. I give out, I give out free recipes and um, just advice, guidance, access to my blog, and then um, discounts and savings for uh, training programs. Awesome. Well, thank you so much once again. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really, really, really do hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you didn't know who Samantha is already, I really hope you got to know a new influencer, a new wellness and fitness influencer and please don't forget to go follow her on instagram it's sam wallace fit like she said go follow her go check her out go support her journey and if you're ever looking for someone to help you get that get yourself on track with your health and wellness I really, really suggest her. If you want to support me, please don't be shy. You can follow me on Instagram, either at Behind the Girl Boss or at It's Amanda Wan. You can also subscribe to me on YouTube, It's Amanda Wan. And yeah, I also hope that you guys do subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you're listening to it on. And I'm really excited for where this podcast is going and all the cool guests that I've been getting on. It's been such an honor, like literally who, like I some of the people I've had on I'm literally like in my wildest dreams thought I would have on so it's just been so much fun and I'm so thankful for everyone listening to this so thank you guys so much once again and I will hear you next time